This is Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll look at the top stories from the past week and get commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about the ongoing COVID-19 crisis. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Hi, this is Dr. Ina Hennigan, a family practice physician in Illinois with an update on the latest recommendations to prevent the spread of COVID-19 or coronavirus disease 2019. The hallmark symptoms remain fever, cough, and shortness of breath. Newer medical evidence tells us that people who are asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic, meaning they have the disease and are not yet showing signs, can spread the disease to others. The CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, now recommends wearing a mask when you go out and are likely to run into other people, such as grocery shopping. cloth mask will work just fine, and the CDC website, cdc.gov, contains easy-to-follow instructions on how to make one from items found around your home. This will prevent the spread of your germs to other people. It is still imperative to maintain good social distancing with a minimum of six feet apart for short periods of time only. Wash your hands frequently with soap and water for a minimum of 20 seconds, and disinfect the surfaces you touch frequently, at least daily. We are still all in this together. Take precautions and be well. This message brought to you by the Franklin News Foundation and this station. This is Illinois in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Greg Bishop. Here's some of the top stories from the past week. Illinoisans being asked to stay home a while longer. Governor J.B. Pritzker has extended the stay-at-home order until May 30th. At his daily COVID-19 briefing Thursday, Pritzker says extending the order is the only sensible thing to do. If we lifted the stay-at-home order tomorrow, we would see our deaths per day shoot into the thousands by the end of May. And that would last well into the summer. Governor said Illinois still hasn't seen the peak in coronavirus cases. I want to look first at the projected fatalities. Illinois is now looking at a peak or plateau of deaths per day somewhere between late April and early May. Extension includes a requirement that face coverings be worn in places where people cannot maintain a six-foot social distance. I'm asking you to hold on for just a little while longer to help make sure that we all see through to the other side of this struggle. Other modifications to the order include allowing elective medical procedures to start back up, allow non-essential retail stores to fulfill online and phone orders, state parks will begin a phased reopening, and greenhouses, garden centers, and nurseries may reopen. The governor warned, though, if there are a spike of cases, he will have to revert back to a much more strict shutdown order. Sheriffs across the state mixed on how to enforce the governor's ongoing stay-home orders. Douglas County Sheriff Joshua Blackwell told some lawmakers that he will not be enforcing any of it unless there's a court order issued. He said enough's enough. Sangamon County Sheriff Jack Campbell said he's giving everyone latitude and sees people complying on their own but didn't rule out enforcing the orders if there's defiance, and he'll take it case by case. It could soon be up to the Illinois Supreme Court to determine if the governor has the authority to issue rolling emergency orders. State Representative Darren Bailey Thursday filed a lawsuit in Clay County Circuit Court challenging the governor's stay-at-home order beyond April 9th. In a press release, Bailey said the unprecedented power calls for immediate review by the courts. Bailey said he's ready to take the case all the way to the state Supreme Court. The emergency rule approved by the Illinois Workers' Compensation Commission, making employers responsible if certain employees get COVID-19, has been temporarily suspended. A Sangamon County judge issued a temporary restraining order on that rule at the request of a group of business associations. A hearing is scheduled for May 4th. 
12 times the number of unemployment claims have been filed in Illinois in the past month and a half, but union state employees set to get a raise. Governor J.B. Pritzker is looking for a federal bailout to cover those costs. Just last week, 102,000 initial unemployment claims were filed in Illinois. Since March 1st, 755,000 have filed. This while state employee union members set to get $261 million in raises. Pritzker didn't indicate he's looking to delay those raises because of the ongoing emergency. That's not something that we're currently having discussions about, but my point is that as we look at the entire budget, and I said this before, you know, that we're making sure that we're going to be able to meet our obligations, hopefully with support from the federal government. Thank you. Republican State Representative Alan Skillicorn said some state employees are home and not doing any work and still getting paid. Uh, That's not right. Uh, You've got hundreds of thousands of people that are not being paid right now. You have gig workers uh, that that aren't even expected to get paid until middle of May. Uh, You know, that's weeks and weeks from now. Skillicord said the past month's shutdown imposed by the governor is decimating the private sector. Uh, Frankly, if the public sector workers uh, were deprived of paycheck, just like the private sector workers, This uh, shutdown would be over in a heartbeat. Uh, You would see outrage across the state. State officials say they've processed more than 750,000 unemployment claims since the beginning of March and paid out $700 million in benefits. National Federation of Independent Business Illinois State Director Mark Grant said the claims paid out likely means increased costs for employers down the road. And it's going to be, you know, as they're trying to get back uh, on their feet and and, and, uh, making money again and just staying staying alive, they're going to have to um, come up with something to, uh, they're going to have to come up with more money to pay all that. Their ramblings, the federal governments could withhold relief funds from states struggling with high employee pensions to allow them to file for bankruptcy rather than bail them out. At his COVID-19 press briefing Wednesday, Governor J.B. Pritzker was presented the question. Mitch McConnell said today that he'd be open to letting states file for bankruptcy to deal with economic losses from coronavirus. Is that something you've considered or would consider addressing with state lawmakers? No. Majority Leader McConnell is certainly important to the process of getting things done uh, in Washington, D.C., but he's not the only person involved. And there are an awful lot of senators on both sides of the aisle that disagree with him. More protests against the governor's stay-at-home order expected in the days and weeks ahead. Protesters want to open the state back up and assert their rights. One group called Operation Gridlock held a demonstration last Sunday in Springfield. They plan another this Sunday. Josh Ellis promotes the reopened Illinois protest with events in Springfield and Chicago May 1st. He said it's not just about the economic damage being done because of businesses being shut down. It's also about rights being trampled, he said. The economics are a symptom. The disease is the, the violation of the Constitution. Um, you know, had this been left in the hands of, of responsible citizens, uh, then there never would have been this issue. Last week, the governor had a message for protesters. I want to remove the restrictions as much as anybody else does, and I'm going to do it based on science. Critics of protests during a pandemic say individual rights shouldn't be allowed if it threatens public health. Ellis said he doesn't deny that COVID-19 is a concern. However, you know, with with the symptom here, you know, we're, we're getting uh, much bigger out, uh, backlash because of the way it's being handled in many places. He said he encourages protesters to abide by social distancing and face covering recommendations. One thing Springfield Police Chief Kenny Winslow said protesters can expect is 
for Springfield law enforcement to step up if demonstrators try to block traffic without a permit. We will take care of that as, as we did this week. That's when the issue started, is when they started trying to block traffic, etc. And that's when we stepped up and got involved. On Saturday, a protest planned by the group Orphans of the American Dreams expected. They say they'll block traffic, demanding the state's economy be backed opened up. Another group, Operation Gridlock, plans a protest Sunday. Then May 1st is the reopened Illinois protest. Events planned in Springfield and Chicago. Several Republican Illinois state senators filed public records requests to the Illinois Department of Corrections after they say the governor didn't respond to a formal letter for more information about the early release of prisoners during the COVID-19 pandemic. Members of the GOP looking for names and other details of inmates released during the pandemic. The IDOC said that they will provide responsive records. Republican State Senator Steve McClure said small businesses forced closed and their employees who can't work because of the governor's stay-home order are struggling. It's very troubling for many to learn that while these businesses are closed, the doors of our prisons are being opened for child murder. The John Howard Association said data reflects the recidivism rate of people convicted of murder is the lowest of all crime categories. McClure said that the lack of a response from the governor's office, it's hard to tell if there are people who are being released for compassionate care. I don't have a list of all the people that have been furloughed, released, commuted, etc. in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. So for them to make statements about compassionate releases, etc., that is obviously not the case in every all these cases. The ACLU of Illinois contends releasing names of prisoners during a pandemic, playing politics with public health, and Illinois prisoners are dying because they're held in conditions that are often unsanitary and rarely allow for social distancing. When asked if he's releasing convicted murderers, the governor said Wednesday he has the authority to pardon and commute sentences. You know, I do commute sentences. So those are, um, you know, the contention that that um, I am, you know, that I'm looking at and actually do commute sentences that's an accurate depiction. And it's unclear if the Secretary of State's office will open back up come May 1st. Spokesperson for the office said driver's service facilities remain closed and the office is reviewing options. And while expired licenses are extended through the emergency, people seeking a first-time driver's license have to wait until they reopen. This has been Illinois in Focus. For more Illinois stories and commentary online, visit thecentersquare.com. For the Center Square, Illinois, I'm Greg Bishop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Illinois in Focus's Crosstalk segment. This is Chris Crute, publisher of the Center Square, joined again, as always, by Executive Editor Dan McCaleb. Dan, how are you? Doing well in week 18 of shut-in. How about you? Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, pretty good. I've uh, basically uh, started to talk to this volleyball, uh, who I've named Wilson, and, um, you know, just uh, kind of doing the best we can here, you know, harpooning lobsters during the day and, um, you know, the tropical isle, man, making the best of a bad situation. Exactly. At least no snow this week, unlike uh, last week. Getting close to the end of, are we in April or is it still March? I can't keep track. This is, as we're recording this, it is the 54th of March. That's what I thought. Um, some people refer to it as April 23rd, but I, I'm still looking at it as the 54th of, of March. Um, glad to be back with you and lots to talk about. Uh, lots of things going on in Illinois. Um, certainly, you know, uh, 
COVID-19 continues to dominate the headlines because why else would we be inside not doing anything outside wearing masks and trying not to touch our faces, which I'm really not very good at. Um, in the latest uh, development uh, with regard to state economics, uh, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker uh, rejecting the idea of Illinois filing for bankruptcy. And that comes on the heels of uh, Illinois Senate President Don Harmon sending a letter to um, the Illinois contingency in Congress floating the idea of a massive bailout of Illinois that included some ungodly amount of money for uh, for, for pensions uh, that like $41 billion or some such thing. Uh, why don't we just talk about these two subjects together because they do have some relationship. Sure. So, yes, Senate President Don Harmon um, last week uh, wrote a letter to Illinois' congressional delegation avid or asking for non-COVID-related um, uh, a bailout, essentially, in total for $41 billion. Um, $15 billion, would, which would be used to shore up the state's uh, finances, $10 billion, for state pensions, six billion dollars uh, in additional unemployment insurance, um, and a uh, billion dollars for public health spending, and then uh, nearly ten billion dollars for municipalities. Um, none of it related to, to COVID, except perhaps the uh, the unemployment uh, insurance. Um, but essentially, um, they're they're trying to use the the COVID nineteen crisis um, to reverse decades of poor policy decisions. Um, including um, uh, shoring up uh, our, our five state pension systems that are 140, almost $140 billion in debt. Um, Mitch McConnell, a U.S. Senate Majority Leader, uh, likely in response to this request, uh, said he has no interest in bailing out states for their poor decisions over the years and offered up uh, bankruptcy as a possibility. Mm-hmm. What do you think the likelihood of that is? I mean, people ask that question all the time. It's like, well, why don't you know? Why doesn't the state just go bankrupt? Well, you know, well, why doesn't this city just go bankrupt and and start over? It's not it's not that easy. And from a um, you know from the U.S. federal standard, bankruptcy is not something that exists as an option for states. Yeah, the, the, it, if this were to proceed, which uh, Governor Pritzker made clear at his Wednesday uh, news conference that he was not interested in proceeding down that path. If it were to proceed, though, it would need congressional approval, um, um, something that you know, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said he'd be open to. And we've been writing about at this at the center square for years now that bankruptcy might be the last option left um, uh, for Illinois. Yeah, let's go back to the bailout real quick. I mean, um, you know, uh, Maybe the most audacious request in recent Illinois political history. Can you think of a bigger Hail Mary that's been um, lobbed than what Harmon threw out there? No, and it's it, it comes in the middle of this you know pandemic that we're all dealing with. Congress is trying to support uh, uh, the states just to get through the pandemic and to throw this this ask out there. Yeah, yeah, it, 
it seems kind of odd and the timing doesn't seem to be great but no i can't remember anything like it but i'm not i guess i shouldn't be surprised that uh that uh democrats uh uh in uh, in springfield uh are are seeking a, a bailout which is not going to happen well we haven't you know we haven't heard a whole lot of anything from really anyone in springfield other than the governor i mean we continue to have this conversation uh, the last couple of weeks about the legislature coming back uh, and doing legislative work. You know, some legislatures in other states have figured out a way to do this uh, electronically. You know, certainly, you, you know, you the uh, at, a, at a more granular level, you have city councils and village boards um, having Zoom meetings to conduct public business. Uh, where are we with that in Illinois? Is that um, <laughs> no progress has been made uh, with that? We had one last week's show. I think we talked about uh, uh, missing uh, House Speaker Michael Madigan, someone who's almost always a topic of discussion. He's disappeared during the COVID nineteen uh, crisis. Haven't heard a word um, from him, and there's uh, uh, no inkling as to when lawmakers are going to get get back to work. Our state uh, our state budget, which is a mess year in and year out because lawmakers don't know how to budget properly. Um, it, our, the current state budget uh, ends June 30th. And as far as we know, there's been no public work done uh, on passing a new budget. Mm. Lawmakers have until uh, May 31st to pass a budget um, by only needing a simple majority. And um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if work's being done behind closed doors outside of taxpayers' uh, view, uh, site. Um, but that would be a shame. Yeah. Well, I'm just genuinely concerned about Mike Madigan. I, I just haven't seen him. You know, I mean, I, I just I'm sure that a lot of Illinoisans would just like to maybe get a video greeting card from him or something like that. Just to, you know, an acknowledgement that, hey, you know, I'm doing fine. You know, um, well, did you did you wish him a happy birthday earlier this week? I did turned, not. I'm 78. I, I did. recently. Oh, OK. I had the over under on that. Um I thought he was. I thought he I was actually older than that. He's only seventy-eight. Hmm. Seventy-eight. Hmm. Okay. Well, happy birthday, uh, Mr. Speaker. What else do we have to talk him. about? Hope to see him and hear from him soon. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's it's just. I, I mean, well, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Is that is that something like that? Uh, I, I think you got something there. Yeah, I'm working on that. Um, if this whole journalism thing doesn't work out, I'm going to reach out to Hallmark Cards because I think they um, they need some help. Greeting cards is a, it's a, it's a good good aspect of print. Hey, um, prisoner release. Uh, I've heard from some people on this. Uh, this has risen to a level of infuriation for a, a number of folks. And uh, yeah, rightfully, rightfully so. I mean, you know, the 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 arbitrary nature of the of the prisoner release one and then two, the menagerie of crimes that uh, that these people have been convicted of and and were serving time for literally all over the board and um, running the gamut to the farthest end of uh, of criminal behavior and, you know, into, you know, mayhem and, and murder. What the, what's going on here? Well, unfortunately, this uh, Governor Pritzker's uh, administration hasn't been very forthcoming with uh, with information about it. Um, a couple of uh, state lawmakers and sheriffs around the state 
um, essentially forced uh, the story into the public spotlight. Um, uh, essentially, Pritzker's administration has released, we don't know how many at this point, but um, hundreds of prisoners, but not of all of them are uh, were convicted of nonviolent offenses. There included murderers, uh, criminal sexual assault, armed robberies, um, uh, folks across the gamut uh, who have committed both nonviolent and violent crimes uh, have been released from prison. Now, there's been a nationwide effort to clean out uh, prisons during the pandemic of nonviolent uh, offenders, but to release convicted murderers and armed robbers um, and people who committed criminal sexual assault, that sort of flies in the face of, of, of public safety, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's just been difficult to track. And I, I think that, you know, one of the more fascinating things um, about the time that we live in is all of the decisions that are, that are being made, you know, at an executive level, right? I mean, these are decisions that are not being made, you know, legislatively. These are decisions that are being made by the, by the governor and the, gov- you know, the governor's team. Um, and not so, being forthcoming about it. Well, and, but he's ultimately going to be he, he's going to have he's going to be account he's going to be accountable for these decisions. He has to be accountable for these decisions because there's no one else for him to say. Well, no, that wasn't my call. You know, I mean, that was somebody else's call, and um, which has largely been the way that he has talked about this. You know, social distancing from the federal government. Um, with regard to virtually any directive that's coming out of D.C. Uh, from um, uh, from President Trump, and even to some degree uh, to, from the scientists, from uh, uh, doctors Burks and, and Fauci, he's really cutting his own path, which has been interesting, and not giving. Uh, and I'm saying J.B. Pritzker, our governor, has been cutting his own path. Not necessarily all that many details to contextualize the decisions that he's making. He is fielding questions at his daily news conference, and he is fielding questions, um, I think fair but tough questions, from the center square, which has been great to see. But you only get, uh, as, a, as a group, you know, uh, maybe 10 questions a day. And there are a lot more questions to ask than, uh, than answers that are being uh, released. Yeah, I mean, just this week we we, we uh, reported on a story about downstate business owners um, who work in in like in out in the outdoors, wondering why um, they're being treated their their um, uh, outdoors type businesses are being treated the same way as you know box stores in Chicago, mm-hmm. where the uh, the height of the uh, pandemic is in Illinois. Um, they're you know, April. It's April. People are starting to get back outdoors, and and, and entire uh, public parks um, are be, are closed. Lakes are closed. People can't um, fish on public lakes. Um, stores that cater to, to outdoorsmen. Um, are are banned from being open because they're called they're non non essential. Right. Um, the governor has hinted that um, he might start taking a look at easing some of these restrictions, but he's got he's got no plan. He's not announced any plan when that's going to happen, uh, how it's going to happen, what it's going to look like. Our downstate, more rural area is going to be treated differently than uh, Chicago and the suburbs because there's just there's more space and, and fewer people. But we we've got none of that from the governor. Yeah, it's 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 baffling. And I mean, and I think it's fueling not only um, here in Illinois and not only, you know, sort of uh, 
Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's approach to um, uh, limitations on an entire state, so macro-level decisions that uh, aren't really applied. They are applied evenly, but they're not necessarily applied fairly because from a density standpoint, Chicago is a little bit uh, different than, say, Quincy. Um, and Quincy is a little bit different from, say, you know, Carlinville. You know, I mean, it's just uh, these are, you know, the 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 just the, the the what's going on in these towns, um, the size of these towns, the the level of interaction among people, the likelihood of of you know transmission um, downstate and even midstate. Um, it's no nowhere near uh, because of the physical proximity. I'm not saying that people down, you know, in the mid, mid you know, the midsection of the state and the southern part of the state don't interact with other people. That's not what I'm saying at all. I mean, there's some of the nicest, friendliest people in the world and, and you know, people would walk up to you and shake your hand. Um, what I am saying is that you just don't have the you just don't have the density of people downstate. And this is this is pushing this 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 uh, willingness to protest people coming up and out um, saying, hey, you know what? The stay-at-home order, it, it's not applicable to the degree that, that you're applying it to my life. And I, I think in some ways, the the governor and his team here in Illinois and in other states as well, but we'll just stick on, you know, stick with Illinois. They're fueling that fire because this is not an, an even application of uh, reason. No, I mean, I, you and I can go in, you, as soon as we're done recording this con, uh, podcast, we can drive to Walmart and go in and buy a pair of shoes and a, uh, a shirt and whatnot, but we can't go to the small local shoe store uh, that's downtown um, that needs businesses, to, to, that needs customers, consumers to, to survive. So yeah, it has been arbitrary, and there's been no message from Pritzker, okay, I know you're suffering now, but here's what's going to happen. We're going to start doing this on, you know, whatever, April 27th, next Monday. Nothing. It, it's just silence when it comes to what his plan is. Mm-hmm. I think the you know, and so, you know, the, the around the subject specifically of protests against, you know, the application of these rules. Um, I, I don't know that this group is out there. You know, um, some people have portrayed them as like science deniers. You know, these are Trump people. These are, you know, these are the deplorables. You know, they're out there with their guns and their camo and their, you know, cat diesel power hats. And they're standing on the steps of the the Capitol. And they're, you know, they're like flying their flags in in uh, in uh, contrast to uh, to social distancing and, and, and smart behavior, you know, in the time of COVID-19. I think that that's unfair. I think that the, the you know the idea of people protesting whatever they want to protest, I think is 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 great. I mean, it's it's constitutionally protected, um, you know, uh, speech. Um, but I don't think these people are being unsafe. I don't think that they're that they're doing things that are that are even outside of the recommendations of how to behave at a time of global pandemic and they're being, they're being painted in a way. I think it's just kind of unfair. Certainly not 
certainly not all of them. You you, you do see um, photos of people without wearing masks, you know, right on top of each other. But the vast majority of the, of the video and the photos I've seen, people are maintaining social distancing. Many of them are wearing masks. They're with, the, I mean, the restrictions that governments have put in place um, during this pandemic are, have never happened in our lifetime. Um, um, so people are, are getting fed up uh, with it, not knowing when it's going to come to an end or not knowing when at least some of the restrictions can be required. They're well within their rights to protest. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, um, let's talk a little bit about about why people are, are, are out there doing that at a more granular level. It's here in Illinois specifically, it's a, around the stay at home order in addition to what's open and what's closed and where people can go and what they can and can't do. But the stay at home order, I think, is really starting to, to, to wear uh, on people, especially in areas where the outbreak is not visibly present. You know, I mean, and, and that and that look, this is tough. I, I get it. You know, you, you you let your guard down at this point and you start to re- relax beyond what what uh, doctors Fauci and Burks have said. You know, you go too fast and, you you know, you, you pretend that there aren't steps that we have to take or stages that we have to pass through, that this gets, you know, that this could be really awful and that we would re- repeat a cycle that we don't need to repeat. Right. And I don't, neither one of us are advo- advocating for anything like no, that. Absolutely it's not going to be the same. Life is no. not going to be the same. No. Uh, even when we get on the other side of this, we're, no. we're going to have to continue to social distance. We might have to wear masks in public. That's not a an order in um, Illinois yet. It's a recommendation, um, as it is from the White House. Mm-hmm. Um, no, life is not going to be. We're not going to reset the clock back to January one. But when you lock people in their homes for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time, of course there's going to be some unrest. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about 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 this contingent of um, of uh, Republican House members who are you know, trying to put together suggestions to modify the stay-at-home orders. What 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 are what would be included in their thinking and how would that play out, you know, if uh if these recommendations were accepted? Simple things like um uh, limiting the amount of people who can go into a small business, um but allowing that small business to operate, allowing that business to offer curbside service. Um, um, requiring uh, requiring folks maybe to wear masks if they go into uh, a store um, with a certain number of people in it. Um, things like that, just reopening the economy, things that can get these small business owners back back at their work, back to work, back employing um, you know tens of thousands of people. Uh, another thing that happened today was uh, the, the latest uh, Department of Labor uh, data came out. Um, another 102,000 new workers in Illinois filed for unemployment uh, the week ending April 18th. That brings the state's total to more than 600,000 people, more than mm. 600,000 people in Illinois, and more than 26 million people nationally have lost their jobs in just five weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's just uh, just overwhelming. Um, but, it, you know, it, it leads me to, to, to at least the you know the, the what I think might be the last thing I want to talk about today. We can go as long as you'd like, but this governor's consortium of Midwestern states, which I have to be honest with you, you know, Governor Pritzker talked about this. I want to say it was maybe last weekend, 
you know, the days do start to roll together. Um, but, you know, today is, like I said, it's Thursday, April 23rd. Uh, I want to say that it was maybe like, well, let's say, let's say it was April 16th or, or April 17th or 18th or 19th. I mean, it was a handful of days ago uh, in, in the wake of, you know, the governor of, of New York and, and some of the other states in the middle Atlantic and in New England talking about sort of how to get the economy um, running again. Um, Governor Prisker said that he was part of the consortium of states here in the Midwest that we're going to try to get the economy running again. Not really buying that they've had the level of conversation that he would suggest they've been having or that this con- these conversations have been going on all that long. Um, is there any update on plans? Because Minnesota sounds like it's getting close to ready to go um, to open up. And unrelated, I mean, unrelated to this Midwest consortium, which no, I haven't heard a thing about it since he he, he mentioned it at, the, at his news conference at some point um, last week. But um, uh, Colorado's stay-at-home order uh, ends this weekend. Mm-hmm. They're going to start to slowly reopen. That's a Democratic governor mm-hmm. um, um, uh, in a purplish state, I guess. Um, but but there, he's not going to extend his stay-at-home order. He, he is going to um, allow. Uh, business to, re- to reopen with certain guidelines, things we just talked about, the same in Georgia. Um, so it's happening in other states, but you don't hear anything about it coming from Pritzker or this group of Midwest states. Right. You mentioned Minnesota, which is, is close to doing the same thing. Right. Well, an art stay-at-home order here is in place until April uh, April 30th. Which but the is governor, a, the governor has today, right? The governor has strongly suggested that it's going to be extended into May. Right. And schools are for sure, schools are closed for the balance of this year. Um, you know, yeah, there I mean, is, you, you, you feel bad for seniors, for example. Oh, absolutely. Who, who completely lost their last. Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, what if what if you were a, you know, what if you were a, a you know, a two sport athlete uh, in Chicago public schools or one of the other school districts where you had a strike in the fall? Oh, right. And then your senior year, you know, the, you know, that the, there's no end to your senior year. And if you were an athlete or were, you know, participating in some sort of, you know, organized school, you know, related uh, academic uh, extracurricular, that that's canceled too. You know, it's, it was like a complete wipeout for kids that went to, you know, that are part of CPS. And I, I feel among all people that have been impacted by this, I feel like the worst for them. I mean, what a horrible way to go out. If you're graduating, you know, from college or, or whatever. I mean, you and I both have college kids home. Man, they're miserable. I mean, it, there's just no, there's no doubt about it. And you don't, you don't get to add this time back in. I mean, not if you're trying to, you know, to, to, to get out with your, uh, get out with your hide from a financial standpoint. But, okay. um, you know, I mean, just, just I, I, I want to kind of go back to this, to this consortium of governors idea. You know, one of the things that we, we talk about, you know, everything in Illinois on, on this um, on on the Illinois Radio Network and um, and certainly on the um, on the podcast. But we cover other states. I mean, our organization is is actively covering 25 states in the U.S. and we cover Minnesota. You know, we cover Wisconsin. You know, we're, we're we've spent time in Iowa and Missouri and uh, in Michigan and uh, soon to be expanding into Indiana. It's not like we don't have eyes on these other states from inside those states and that we're not doing reporting there on the ground. 
how many of those governors have even referenced uh, the yeah. consortium? <laughs> yeah, very few, um, based on the states. Um, they, we got, and look, and look, the idea, the, the idea kind of makes sense. I mean, how many thousands of folks live on the Illinois border in Indiana who commute or at one point commuted to Chicago to work? Same with Wisconsin. Right. Same down in the Metro East area, commuting into Missouri and this, the St. Louis um, area. So it makes sense the states have a plan. The governor's referenced it once, but then you see no work, no progress from anybody on it. Well, in Iowa and Missouri, we're never part of it anyway. Right. I mean, that's right. They're not, they're not part of that consortium. So, well, you know, and away we go. You know, soon it will be the, uh, you know, the 61st of March. Uh, that's the next time that you and I are scheduled to reconvene. That day will, uh, as we've said, will be the end of the the existing executive order for stay at home. April 30th, if you're looking at a real calendar. And uh, we can certainly update the people in Illinois about things then. Um, trying to go out on a lighter note, I have to ask you, um, has it been in any way fun or meaningful having your entire family back under the roof <laughs> together? Or has it been torturous, skirmish-laden, street fighting like at my house <laughs> honestly it hasn't been so bad we, we've we've played some family games um I've, I've watched some movies with my daughter um for example it hasn't but you know the kids are definitely you know frustrated and fed up with essentially do, uh, doing classwork in their bedrooms um and, and not being able to go out and meet with friends and that kind of thing so there's no doubt there's frustrations over that but you know, I can't complain. It hasn't been too bad here. Um, I tell you one thing, though. I am so looking forward to the NFL draft. Oh boy! Sports tonight, to talk about tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's well tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this would be the closest thing that we would have had to an actual relevant sporting event. Um, I cannot, and I'm trying. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to get into Korean baseball. I mean, I've actually been to Korea and I've seen baseball in Korea. Um, I mean, it's like double A baseball. Um, the professional league in Taiwan is is up and running again. You know, I'm, I'm trying to give that a fair shake. I mean, I'm 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 watching. Uh, Have you watched the Michael Jordan documentary series? You know, I, I kind of got into this. I kind of got into this argument with uh, Directv again and had oh, to boy. had to let him go. You know, I mean, they were. Just not getting it done for the money, you know. I'm still paying for my MLB ticket, so uh, I sure hope baseball comes back. I look forward to seeing that on the financials for you. You know, I'm I'm sure they're going to take good carry on that deal. <laughs> but um, I think you know, just a, a good friend of mine who's um, a little bit older than we are, who doesn't have his kids in the house normally, but has brought his kids home, his adult age kids, both of whom are single. He is so happy just to be having the opportunity to reconnect with them. And I'm hopeful that, you know, as stressful as this is for Illinoisans and as challenging as it may be to be a worker or a displaced worker and now at home teacher or tutor that you're somehow finding the joy in this and that the anxiety of being 
locked in and locked away is not eating away at what could be a really terrific time that hopefully the silver lining uh, of this mess is that we'll get to know the people in our families better and at a different level. And that um, this will be a time to look to, to be looked back upon uh, with some level of personal fondness now, professionally. And I think economically, I think this is dreadful. Uh, but if we can find the, the good in reconnecting with our people, maybe, maybe it will be close to a wash. Well said. And certainly there's been some of that uh, in my house. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Dan, it's always a pleasure. I look forward to the next time that we get the chance to reconvene. Sounds good. Enjoyed it as usual. For Dan McCaleb, this has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to the Illinois in Focus crosstalk segment on the Illinois Radio Network and at great podcast sites across America. Now over to Greg Bishop with a look at what the Center Square Illinois will be working on next week. Spoiler alert, more COVID-19 coverage. Next week, we will continue following and unpacking the governor's extension of a stay-home order and what the budget's going to look like. That budget again begins July 1st. Don't expect lawmakers at the Capitol until May 5th. Lawmakers last left the Capitol in mid-March before stay-home orders and group size restrictions were implemented by the governor. It's unclear when they'll come back and how they'll conduct business. The main policy that they have to tackle is the next state budget that begins July 1st. We'll be here on the ground to bring you the very latest. This has been Illinois in Focus. For more Illinois stories and commentary online, visit thecentersquare.com. For the Center Square, Illinois, I'm Greg Bishop.